At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Folks, welcome into the first ever edition of the Bamos Marados podcast powered by the state of Louisville. My name is Presley Meyer. I am one of the founders and the creative director for the state of Louisville, including the state of Louisville podcast network. And we are excited to bring you one of the first uh, and hopefully the most unique uh, podcast covering Louisville City FC and racing Louisville FC. Um, we have been uh, pleasantly surprised um, uh, by the fan reaction uh, to the founding of Louisville City FC uh, just a few years ago and, and racing Louisville FC, which is the first legitimate, it's the only legitimate uh, major professional sports team in the city of Louisville. Um, and we are excited to bring you unique coverage covering both teams. Uh, and we're excited to bring on two guys that are very knowledgeable about uh, Louisville City FC and Racing Louisville, uh, and that's Benton Newman and Zach Allen Kelly. Um, they are going to be starting things off with a bang, just as you've seen. If you're familiar with the podcast network, you know at the starting 502, uh, we started things off with a bang with Mike Rutherford of Card Chronicle. From the pink seats, started things off with Gigi Robinson, and they've had it, people from Gunner Brewer to Pete Thomas to Louisville Sports Live Yang the Ian Pfeiffer and everybody in between the third and central podcast covering Louisville baseball. The only Louisville baseball podcast uh, started things off with Dan McDonald, the head coach of Louisville baseball. And then of course the podcast that started it all life in basketball is hosted people from Larry O'Bannon to judge Derwin Webb to Dan Issel. Uh, but tonight the first ever Bombos Marados podcast will be joined by Jonathan Gomez, Louisville city star, stud 17 year old coming up through the ranks um i think you guys are going to enjoy this podcast we're excited to have ben and zach on two guys that really know their stuff uh, we're excited to expand this network if you haven't yet please go in subscribe to the bombos marados podcast give them a like give them a review let them know um show them some love uh, we're excited to have these guys on and we hope that you guys enjoy this podcast and what is to come in the future live from Estopan all in it's the Bamos Morados podcast powered by the state of Louisville well, welcome to the first episode of the Vamos Marados podcast. My name is Benton, and I'm joined here with Zach. Zach, how are you doing? Hey, pretty good. How about you? I'm doing well. So this uh, Louisville City uh, FC and Racing Louisville FC podcast is brought to you by the thestateofluval.com. The State of Louisville provides news and insights on all things sports here in the 502. Be sure to check out thestateofluval.com. As well as my own site, VamosMarados.com, which focuses on your favorite USL Championship Club, Louisville City. A little bit of a shameless plug there. Um, really excited to have the opportunity to to get to do a podcast uh, like this with you. Um, it was pretty cool, you know, working, um, getting an opportunity to work with the likes of uh, Presley and, uh, and Jacob. They had a lot of interest in getting into the soccer scene, so I'm, I'm glad that we have the opportunity to help support that. Yeah. So... Well, as far as this podcast goes, we're going to try to be mindful of everybody's time. We don't want to drone on and on forever. We're going to talk about the matches that have happened, matches that are coming up, and every once in a while, sprinkle in some, uh, some interviews. Like today, we're going to be joined by Mr. Jonathan Gomez. It's going to be a very fun excited. one. Yeah, I'm very excited to talk with him. 
um, and hear what he has to say. But before we get to that, how about we talk about the past matches? So, um, Zach, did you want to kind of kick us off on the thoughts um, for Racing Louisville's match this past weekend against the Chicago Red Stars? How are you yeah. feeling about that one? Yeah, uh, yeah, we can get started with Chicago. We'll just pretend like the North Carolina game midweek didn't I don't, happen. I don't even know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, there was, there was only one game this week to only talk about. Game. Yep. Um, yeah, so I think, uh, I guess there's a big caveat with this one, which was it was in a monsoon, and, and also um, Chicago played with 10 players for a chunk of the match. But yeah, I do think, it. like... Uh, there were a lot of positives for racing in this one that I think they improved in a lot of areas that I, I think they had been struggling in previously. Um, it was, I guess the first start for salmon. So that was nice to see. Um, and she has continued to play well and, and really impress. Um, and then I guess, uh, do you want to, you want to do big picture things or should we do just like a rundown from start to end of the game first we can start we can start big picture and then kind of okay. get to the, yeah. to the so, nitty-gritty some things i wanted to note was that um so this was it's the first game i recall this season that they've been even in possession with the mm-hmm. team it's about 50 50 um i think the passing looked a lot better this game than it has previously um uh and they uh some of the like advanced stats that the they led in XG in this game, which is the first time they've done that since the first game against Kansas city. Um, it was 1.64 to 1.08 against. So I think both a pretty good offensive showing for them and a, a very good defensive showing for them. Yeah. I felt like it was a very different racing Louisville team that we've, we've seen before. And I'm very happy about that. You know, we have our, two of our new big signings, uh, Gemma Bonner in the lineup and Ebony Salmon. And boy, have we already gotten our money's worth out of, uh, out of Salmon, her ability to score or whatnot. But yeah, like you said, like we finally broke even on, on the percent, um, possession front, which I know that doesn't win the games, but having that control and influence over the match certainly helps. We were able to create nine chances, which beat out Chicago seven, um, they just, I just felt like the team had a lot more, you know, like teeth to their attack. And I'm sure, yeah, definitely that red card in the 50 some odd minute definitely helped things, but um, yeah, I, it was a, but it was I do a complete think performance start to end. Leading up before that red card, I think they were still uh, ahead in XG. So that, oh, that was absolutely. icing. I, I think the, the, the two of the three goals scored afterward were, were icing, but they were already up one Oh, when that happened. So I think definitely even before that, it still was a solid game. Yeah, based on the eye test alone, I, I felt I, I felt pretty comfortable that we were the better side, and that's not something we've always been able to say. And, I, and I'm glad that the team's efforts are are finally starting to get rewarded. Yeah, they were, they were do that, and and to do that on the road too, very special matchup. Um, I wanted to to note that the first goal they scored, um, I thought there was a really nice passing sequence that led up to that. Um which which I'm glad to see some growth because that 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 possession started out um Simon had it about midfield and there was a really nice sequence of silent Simon to Malay to Kaiser to Salmon to finishing off and that was just a a beautiful sequence and finish um the really great team goal on that first one like something straight off the training ground all that that passing and yeah it was a I mean it was a good shot by Salmon it was to be honest, it was kind of a slow shot, and I think kind of the weather helped impede the the goalkeeper. Yeah. She but placed it, was, it well. Yeah, uh, that's exactly what I was about to say. Well pre- placed, just right out of reach. I mean, gosh, she's like what twenty years old, and the the level of talent she has. We're lucky. We're very lucky to have her. Um, uh, something else I had here, I, I guess, to add on to Salmon. One thing that I have liked, especially with her starting is that lets Kaiser play out wide, which I think is a little more natural for her. She doesn't have to be like the target person up top like she has been earlier this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she had a good game out wide uh, this game. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, Yuki was able to be a lot more effective on the outside as well. I don't know, like the, the setup that we're lining up in a 4-2-3-1, like with the player, the personnel that we had on the field, like it seemed to work out really well. 
And in the past, I know a, a lot of people, and I think both of us included, have kind of complained about the lack of a of a midfield presence. Kind of, kind of felt like we actually had one this game a bit, and that was that was nice. <laughs> yeah, lineup wise, I still think, um, like moving forward, if we had another central midfielder play along with Freya, that would let. Um, McCaskill move move forward up into that kind of attacking midfield position that I think is a little more natural for her. Yeah. So I I, I do I don't think that problem is entirely solved, but it definitely oh. looked a lot better this game. Oh, I I, I, to- I totally agree with that. It looked better. Not not a not a solved thing. It's one of those things you just got to work with the pieces that you have. I'm sure yeah. you know. That's McCas- to me. McCas- that's the biggest missing piece. That I think they've definitely in the past couple weeks with with the signings and with people getting healthy the the problems with the attack and problems with the back line, I feel like are, have been addressed very well. Yeah. And I think they're the only, the only real need left on the team is like a, a central midfielder. Yep. Yeah. I, 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 I agree with those thoughts. McCaskill would, would be better, better serve playing up front, but you know, it's just, yeah, gotta, we gotta fill those gaps. Um, we also you mentioned had- her and, and we've already talked about the first goal. So I feel like, I feel like it's very important um uh, see this is what i get for trying to queue up sound effects <laughs> oh, it was not oh we got yuki goal there we, we got go. a yuki goal this game it finally been, happens i'm so excited very patiently for uh for that one you know she's such a skilled player and a player of a caliber you're just waiting and waiting for that but for it to happen against her former club yeah mm. both of a story her about. and uh McCaskill both scored against the former club. Yeah, that's very awesome. Yuki's, uh, I believe it was, uh, came up with a little bit of chaos in the box after a set piece, which I believe was right after that red card came out. And yeah. and Yuki, using her, her veteran experience, was able to quickly locate the ball and put it in the net. Knows where to be. And to see, yep. I mean, that's, I mean, that's what you get with a, a player of her caliber who's been playing the game as long as yeah, she I has. I think it's very good for the team on the field and off the field when she plays well and, and scores. Yep. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very happy. She finally got her first goal. And then Savannah McCaskill as well. Thrilled for her. Hers was great. It was a, uh, you know, as I believe it was an aerial cross kind of landed very, very nicely near the, uh, near the far post. And she was able just to kind of plant that one right in there. I mean, yeah, they were, they were looking good, kind of looking holistically at the team. Did anybody have a bad night? Um, I mean, I felt like everybody so did pretty well. I, on, well, according to Fat Mob, everyone had a good night. And then uh, someone we, I think, someone I have not heard mentioned a lot this season that I wanted to spotlight, um, who I thought had a particularly good night, uh, I think Erin Simon over mm-hmm. on the right side. Um, she, like I mentioned, she was involved in that buildup for the first goal. Um, I, th- I think she's been just a real solid presence back there. She had to um, contain Pugue for most of the night. I thought she did a very good job mm-hmm. of that while she was in. Um, and I kind of, I don't, I hate to like liken everyone to Louisville city players, but because that's, I've followed them so much. I, I want to slot people into Louisville city roles. It's natural. But it's like, it's hard not to draw um, Pat McMahon comparisons back there where she's, She'll get forward sometimes when she needs to and, and help with possession, but just like a solid in, in the right position, plays good defense uh, out there on the wing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that kind of goes along nicely with that analogy of what we were talking about um, the other day about Emily Fox being a lot like a, a Jonathan Gomez sort of player. So that, that analogy lines up nicely. I do want to um, spotlight. I thought Neely Martin did pretty well as um, also in the match i was uh disappointed to not see uh brooke Hendricks. yeah I, and even even in the 18 so i don't you know i don't know if that was a tactical decision or if she had some sort of uh so injury she was she not up. she was not in the 18 on wednesday either so i think she might have a knock i but yeah i believe she had a had an injury there so i didn't know what was going on there but either way i mean like didn't pose any problem and again i think the uh it, it really helped having that veteran experience of uh Gemma yeah. bonner as well i mean just really have somebody who's doing a lot of guiding and navigating, helping the the people around them. It's always, 
I love having a player that elevates those around them as well. And that's exactly what she is. But I mean, we could go on and on talking about these players because again, like I, I don't, I don't think any of our players had a bad night. I thought no. they all did really well. It was just, I yeah, think Savannah, we, Savannah we haven't mentioned her, but I think Malay had the assist on the McCaskill goal. She had a solid night. Trusty. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Font Mob didn't, didn't credit her for it, but we will. Good job, Lauren. <laughs> I think she had the pass in. I'll, I'll double check. Yeah. But um, what, what I was going to say is uh, Savannah McCaskill um, in the interviews at the match said something to the fact is that it was the first time really put together a full 90 minute performance. And I, I completely agree with that. Like this is, this is a very confidence building one. Again, it was a dominant performance. Several people who hadn't been on the score sheet before got um, scored. Um you know, everybody played well. It was and it was on the road too. Like so and Christy Holly has to be static. And Chicago is I just looking at like my my XG charts at Chicago's not a pushover team either. I mean that's they are they are pretty much league average in uh XG for and XG against. So to do that on the road uh, against like a decent team is, is really good. Yeah. So my, my hope is that they can really kind of do something with this, this momentum here. If anything, this is going to give them a lot of positive game film to, to watch and, and look back at, because I feel like they, more often than not, they've had some negative game film to review, but again, it's just part of the process. They're a new squad. These connections are still developing with these players. And I, that's just something I hope most fans realize is that this is going to take time. Like expectations need to be assigned accordingly with this new team. It's just, it's hard to start out. And I think, you know, all those actors considered they're, they're doing pretty decently. Yeah. And they still have four pretty, I mean, just building, moving forward. They've still got player rights to four pretty major players that they have nothing to show for now. So you would imagine at some point, either you're going to have some of those players playing for, for Louisville, or you're going to be able to trade those. So I, I think there's still some more pieces yet to come on the team too. Yeah. Something, something will definitely come of those. I don't want to talk about two of those players. They annoy me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's move on before I get in a rant on that one. I don't want to do that. So later that day, we were blessed with another uh, Lipa FC, Lipa FC. How do you pronounce that? Lipa? I go Lipa. Lipa. Okay. I like that. Yeah, that, that works for me. Louisville Indianapolis Proximity Association contest for those not familiar as Louisville City versus Indy 11. We got and the shout out during the racing game. We did. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. That Mike that. Watts connection. He's very yeah. in tune. Mike, Watt, Mike is always, always build, building up like FC. Yeah, he uh, I mean, I think a lot of Louisville fans like him and he likes us back. So we appreciate that little shout out, that little continuity of our teams. But uh, so this one wasn't a little, little, little frustrating. You want to take a first crack at, at your yeah, thoughts on this so one? Yeah, so I, I was going to mention that uh, I feel like for me personally, I think, I think Indy's like a for real rival now. It's, it's finally happened. I, I'm finally getting those old time Cincinnati, like anxious, angry nerves in the buildup and the, the games just make me angry when our loss afterwards. And that's, it's good to have that. Finally, we finally got a real rival. Yeah. It's I'm seeing some tweets from the indie fans that got me, get me a little, uh, a little worked up here and there. And I'm like, okay, there's a little spice here. It's not so uh, as civil as maybe it once was or felt yeah. to me. There's a, just in the stadium, there are indie fans that are closer to my section than I would appreciate. Um, so just it's got a lot, it's got rivalry vibes. Uh, I guess to talk about the actual game, I that's a frustrating one to yeah. to sit through. I yeah. think because I, that's this is probably going to be a theme um, moving forward with this podcast. But like on paper, Louisville played really well, and and that's the sort of performance I want to see from them. But you know, it was three three. It's a draw. Uh, which is a little disappointing, but sometimes, sometimes the ball goes in the net a lot. That's how soccer is. Yeah. So my, my take on this, I agree. It was frustrating. It was a draw that kind of felt like a loss, especially 
knowing that we didn't win the first matchup at home. Not so having two matches, yeah, live only matches I, at home and not winning either hurts. That's well, and and unlike the first one, that that first match, I mean, there were two penalties in there, but I I think in that first game, Indy legitimately, like on paper, you look, you watch the game, you look at the stats, like they they played well in that, and that that game they played that at least to a draw. Where and this one is a different kind of frustrating because not only have you already dropped that first game, but then like. This one, Louisville played well enough that you would have expected them to win it. So to, to only come away with one point, I think, is really frustrating for me. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm still dying the hill that that first match was a fluke. I feel like we, we yeah, win that game in normal I, circumstances. I don't Two penalties like, is, is kind of unusual. You're not right. going to get two penalty and, kicks often. And I mean, look look at that, that stat line. I think if you take everything into consideration, I wasn't as worried about that first one. It sucks. But, we move on. But I, I will say stats wise with the first one that they did not let me uh let me check my notes, but I think that first indie game, yeah, that was not Louisville's normal offensive production. Uh, they did have like I mean that was when Rennie was still coaching. Mm-hmm. So I, I made the joke last night on Twitter that um I liked the version of Indy that didn't bother to try to send forward players forward to score a lot better. Um like that, you know, that first game against Indy, their usual defense where they just keep 11 players in the box the whole game and want to play for a draw. Like it's understandable. This game was at least a lot more open. Um, I, so like that first Indy game, Louisville had 1.4 XG, which is pretty far below their average. Yeah. yeah. Um, whereas this one, they had 2.4. Like it, this, this was a solid night for them. I like, to take positives away from this, that this is one of the better offensive nights they've had. Yeah. Yeah. I don't disagree there. And, and my gripes with this match are nothing on the offensive side. You, they scored three goals. Like I, you can't ask for a lot more. What makes me mad is that we scored three goals and only walked away at the draw. It's and the, the timing of the goals side. that Indy get were just. Timing matters. Because it felt like, it felt like we never had a chance to enjoy the lead because it was always like, right right afterwards and he came back with a goal it was yeah it was it was rapid fire so that time the timeline definitely hurt things but it was you know i i have no gripes with the offensive thing it's the it's the defensive stuff and i mean statistically if you look at how little city's performing the season um particularly like defensively like we're letting in very few goals cumulatively we look like one of the better clubs but yeah, it, just, it feels a lot worse than that though i just feel like we don't have the same consistency in the back i feel like historically we have the same you know cast of characters back there that are you know that are doing a really good job but now i feel like there's a lot of movement there i had the opposite take i was gonna say that like the the offense i feel like has been start and go we've been having trouble getting that going this this year but the the defense has been has been there consistently at least so that's Having a game like this, I'm not super concerned about because I felt like this season the defense is what has been has been living up <laughs> to the hype. Yeah, um, I mean, I guess it's a game by game thing. I totally yeah. agree. Like, the, like offensively, we've kind of very much had our ups and downs. This was a so this was on, an up night, but for the defense, just to kind of like, yeah, they've had three clean sheets so far this season. Yeah, um, I mean, they're only averaging about a goal against, which is that's solid. That's where you want to be. Um. And Indy scored three, but they, they didn't give up a lot of chances tonight. Um, Indy just really made the most of their chances. I, I wanted to shout out, I guess, um, that I think it was moon played the ball in on the second goal. And that was just an absolutely perfect (laughs) ball into the box. That was that 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 long shot to Hackshaw, right? Uh, yeah, that that long cross to hack. I guess it was from center midfield. So I don't know if you call that a cross, but the the long yeah. ball to Hackfield off of I think it was a corner that got sent to midfield and he played it back in. But yeah, he put that like that's one where you just got to tip your cap and <laughs> like that that's, he played that ball in the absolute perfect spot. There was nothing Louisville could have done on that one. A, that's actually how I felt about Indy's second goal. That was the, the one where the they had one. a lot of give and go back and forth and they just thread it right through our defense like they made us look 
they made us look kind of a little silly then, there, but it was really good by them. And I really hate to give them props, but like, yeah. honestly, like good, good job. Well, and then to one. take props away, I felt like the first and the third goals were the result of kind of some, some balls that took very fortunate bounces in Indy's direction. Yeah. That first goal. Um, I didn't like that. I'll have to review the tape, but from where I was sitting in the stadium, there was at the very start of that possession, there was a, a ball that got sort of hit up high in the midfield and Tosh had tracked it down and was in like a good position for it. And it took just a really weird hop off the first bounce in front of him and over his shoulder and to the indie player. And then they never really, got into position after that in yeah. the lead up to the goal yeah um, i guess that's fair because what what had me what what made me upset about that one is that they made that header look so easy it just we were yeah we were a, st- a step behind there so yeah that, that's rush- i feel like that you know that that happens and then um that third goal i thought akil actually stepped up and made a real good tackle and it was one of those situations where he got the ball and the uh, indie player got the ball at the same time and it popped up in the air and landed right in front of the indie player again and mm-hmm. you know because Akil had stepped up to make that tackle he was out of position after that yeah um so that's so. stuff like that happens um it's, but I, I think i'm not i'm not super concerned i think i think they played solid they limited the chances indy had for the most part, they, they created a bunch of good chances for themselves. It the, did. Yeah. The offense was really rolling last night, I think. So I mean, chances great forward. I, I feel, I don't feel too bad. I would, I would rather have three points than one though. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. They created, um, we'll say created 15 chances. Like that's, it's pretty good. Um, you know, 15 shots, only five on target. Um, it's kind of a reoccurring thing with, with, with Louisville. City, I mean, that's, but... you know, um, that's a third. That's that's about, yeah. Yeah, I mean we've between had between a third had, and a half. We've, de- we've definitely so, had worse there, but um, yeah. So I don't want to talk more about Indy's goals because they make me mad. Let's talk about the ones that make me happy. The Louisville <laughs> City goals. The first one that what that was like what six minutes in? Yeah, six minutes in. Yeah, um, it's I. It I made OB, the joke. Obi shot it over. Um, did a kind of a real narrow cross, and it basically bounced off of Paulo to go in the net, pretty much. Yep, a back heel. Is yeah. cheeky cheeky back heel goal from Paolo, I think. Yeah, that's like that was one of those that was like you know, like probably sixty-six percent uh Brian Ombi and thirty-three percent Paolo de Piccolo. Yeah, great cross. Uh um yeah, I, I had mentioned um to my wife Lori, because the I was helping with the the TIFO before the game, and so you know, the whistle blew and I had to walk back to our seats and I got there at like minute two. And I joked with Lori that it's very nice to follow a team where when I have to miss minute, like one through three of a game, I'm legitimately concerned. I could miss a goal. And (laughs) I I almost barely finished saying that and they scored already. Yeah, it was, uh, it was great. Now, you know, Brian, you know, I thought overall Brian had a really nice match, but again, that first goal, I largely, you know, he doesn't get it on paper, but like that was, largely him but i don't want to take away from from paulo and his ability to yeah paulo has to been that very good at just getting in dangerous spots this season i was yeah. i was reviewing some like individual stats and he's like top 15 at xg this year just mm-hmm. at a that's which is very new for him he's playing a lot further forward i feel like than he has historically yeah. and doing well with it yeah yeah no yeah uh, he's like kind of like what we were saying about Yuki before smart player. And when he scores, it's because he's in the, in the right positions. And, so. and you already brought it up, but I guess I wanted to highlight, I thought that the Neville Hackshaw, Brian Ombi matchup was really good. The whole game that, that was consistently fun to watch. Um, to the top two, players in their respective dis, um, yeah, positions. Two great Titans clashing. It's always, you always want to see that. Yeah. Um, I wow. did. So I guess. Ombi compliment, maybe uh, Ombi criticism in there. He's already been suspended for it once this season, but I just wanted to note that I I guess it's like the good and the bad with Ombi. Like he, he hustles a lot, but 
he has a very bad habit of if he is on a run into the box and a player goes down in front of him, he very recklessly will go out of his way to run over top of them. Um, and, and it was a big, he already, he got suspended in the, um, what game was that? He got the one game suspicion post game for that. Um, and then he had another one tonight with the goalkeeper where from my view, I, I wanted to check the tape, but the, the goalkeeper pretty clearly beat him to the ball and he just trucked into him. Um, and I know the, a lot of the fans were mad that we didn't get a penalty out of it, but I, I, I thought we were lucky to get the, um, get the corner out of that because Mm -hmm. I think that was another one that it's up to interpretation, but you probably could have called Ombi for reckless play on that. And it's just, I want to see people play tough, but still play smart. I mean, I think they caught it right. And I don't want to go into a whole thing about the refs because, um, I, I, I hate using the refs as an excuse, even if there are poor calls, they're going to miss stuff. But like, yeah. I don't think they're as bad as a lot of people are making them out to be. The thing is, is that we need to, Louisville city needs to play their game and they need to, they, they have the full ability to, to win the game with their, without the refs help. And so I don't, I don't like using that as a crutch. I don't think that one was a penalty. I mean, there's some other calls I wasn't thrilled with, but I don't, yeah. I don't think that they were the, you know, red team didn't, didn't, no, give the game to Indy. This by is not means. on the red team. Yeah, so um, we won't get into that one. But let's talk about next about our favorite seventeen-year-old prospect who is probably going to go to Europe. What do you think about that goal he had? Uh, that was that was like an old man goal. That was a smart play because I um, we are very lucky. Our seats are be- basically directly over his shoulder from when he takes that shot. Um, so we had pretty much the look he would have had in there. And it was such a heads up play to look up and spot that the, the keeper was, was playing the pass to Nile and, and just take the shot rather than, rather than pass it over the Nile. That was mm-hmm. like such a heads up play to catch the keeper watching Nile. Um, and just that, I mean, that's, that is why that's why he's going to national team camps. That's why he's he's leaving for Europe at the moment he turns 18. Is he oh. just he has such yeah. a a wise like soccer mind for he's, as young as he is. Oh yeah, well well bond his years. I thought that it was an ambitious shot, but like you said, it was really smart and it worked. You know, sometimes you just the score yeah. goals, you gotta take shots. And I appreciate him as a defender yeah. can do that. He can, I mean, he can add to the offensive thing and then to top it all off, the uh, the fun celebration at the end. We haven't had a lot of fun celebrations this year, and I'm I I, I don't know who I need to talk to about that, but I want these guys to. We don't have speedy to score goals anymore, so that yeah, that really limits goals. our fun celebration. I'm going to have to like Potential. get a team huddle or something together with these guys. Like guys, like I mean, I want you to focus on playing the game first, but you do also need to have the celebrations in your back pocket. Can you so, learn some Fortnite dances? I guess we did have a. <laughs> Greg's Greg's first goal when he we tried to knee slide through the sand pit that oh, was but, that was fun and maybe not an intended way yeah that, um, no the highlight of his was just the pure just joy and emotion after scoring that one that one yeah. that was great but then uh so Jogo does the uh the Holland uh, meditation celebration or as you you may suspect is uh uh related to uh what game was that Overwatch, Overwatch. yeah I guess that shows how big of a nerd I am I I saw that. I was like, "Oh, he's doing Zenyatta from Overwatch." But apparently, that's a that's. A I'm more I'm more of a Counter Strike guy, so I'm not as familiar with that. But um, but yeah, we'll we'll talk to him shortly. We'll find out what the what the inspiration is there. Either way, it was a fun, picturesque moment. I know people liked it. I myself enjoyed it. So yeah, I did know. want to point out, I guess, because it sort of played into that one. I think the the Jogo Nile pairing on the left side of the field has been incredible so mm. far. They. They are so on the same page. They the one two balls between the two of them have been amazing. Now and Niles a very savvy player too. Yeah. Like I, it, he brings a lot, you know, a lot of great experience. Like I just, I I, I do I agree with you. I love that. We'll pairing. get to it soon, but I want to ask ask Jogo about what he thinks about being paired with Niall on that left side and if he's learned anything from that. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear his thoughts on that one. So. Um, we do have one more little city goal to talk about late in the match, thankfully salvaging something. I think we were is approaching the 80th minute, 
but it was before it was, that. It point. felt like it was a long time coming. They like yeah, they were throwing the sink at him. Yeah, but um, it was another another great effort by Brian Ownby. I think you know technically Corbin kind of got that thing a lot like the first one um, with, with yeah. Paulo. Um, you know, kind of put it in a dangerous spot and good stuff happens. Like yeah. you cross it that you cross it that dangerously. It can hit one of your players. It can hit one of their players. It can take a weird bounce. That's you won't put the ball in dangerous positions for that reason. Yeah. Um, so you know, I'm glad we. You know, I'm glad they're able to score that one late and finally get something. But again, there's still the, the frustration overall is scoring three goals, and and it only being a draw, especially with the the context of it being a rivalry match and kind of one that was supposed to be a little bit of redemption for that for that first. Yeah, you really want to avenge that first game yeah so. so um you know after the match um corbin bone said it's important for us to come back and get a point but for them to get three goals we got to do better than um than that defending so it yeah. sounds like they already kind of knew exactly exactly what was going on there so you know i'm sure coach danny cruz isn't uh isn't as thrilled as he's hoping to be at the end you know one interesting thing now that i bring that up is that Neither neither team has a permanent head coach in that matchup. Pretty yeah, pretty it's, cool matchup there. I saw term. some some Twitter back and forth on <laughs> like uh, indie fans trying to brag that they got a point without a head coach. I wanted to be like, you do do you realize that both teams also did not have a permanent head coach? Yeah, <laughs> we also got one, and uh, and I mean, if we want to add rub salt in their wounds, at least we were able to keep our drama in house. Uh, Rennie in his one press conference basically quit on air after the, the Pittsburgh match, essentially. Oh, no. See, that's better. That's how it should be. I, I'd rather be an indie fan than, and know what's going on. Okay. We're not going to get, we're not going to get into that one, but I, ah, I, I like you're, the you're bombing me up. <laughs> yeah, I am. I can't stay in this cage. <laughs> we don't need to get into that, but it was, you know, two interim head coaches there. Um, and so I just thought, it was, you know, interesting little fun fact with that one. So I guess it's yeah, kind I, of, you know, my to- eye test though is, uh, I think Indy probably looks a little better post Rennie because yeah. my gripe with them has always been they were they had a super they always have had very talented teams that very talented I feel like that but played as if they were the worst team in games they would like uh, keep everyone in the box and just try to like get goals off counters and it's like you you guys are good you can control the game you should be doing that so yeah yeah, I agree with that one. So looking forward, um, next match is a Louisville City matchup. It's a Friday match. It's a way where we get to go to Swope Park Rangers. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, Sporting Kansas City, too. I hate that rename. I hate it's, it. They had a very great, unique name. I don't want to I don't want to have to play against two teams. And if I'm going to, they should at least have their own names. Yeah, I like Swope Park Rangers better. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I have not dug super deep into Swope Park. Uh, they are not, not good, great this year. Yeah, not great, Bob. Yeah, uh, yeah they, uh, they've lost three of their last five. They are um, second to last in, the, in our central division, only, uh, only above Memphis. Um, yeah. so. And there's really, there's really no bright spot for them. Like As far as expected goals, they're below average on offense and way below average on defense and then mm. on actual goals they're they're exact they're the same they match up they're almost they've been yeah. almost spot on to their, their expected totals so yeah. not so, a whole I mean, yeah that's i would expect the offense to do well uh next week i, I agree and i don't want to totally write them up because i felt like last season i just kind of thought it'd be a walk in the park and they put up we won each of them all the matches against yeah. them but they i thought they put up pretty decent fights so i think it could be another one of those situations but i think yeah. Our expectations should be even on the road, going there and getting and walking yeah. with all three points. I mean, I'm hoping that they uh, that our players have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder for for that indie performance. My comparison for them is that their their defense has given up pretty similar amounts of shots and goals to uh, Tulsa, but their offense has been nowhere as good as Tulsa's. So yeah, uh, yeah. I. For offensively, I, I'm looking to see Louisville create a lot of chances. Yep. So um, the following day, um, racing Louisville plays at home. So Saturday the 3rd against 
Portland, which <sighs> is a little scary to me because they've won three of their last five, they're third in the standings right now, and they got a murderous row of players. They have um, Adriana French in goal, Becky Sauerbronn and Crystal Dunn on the back line, and then the attack, they have Sophia Smith and Christina Sinclair, who is I know she's definitely Canada's all-time leading goal scorer. Is she what, like one of the like leading goal scorers in the world, like men's and women's? It's something ridiculous. She is yeah, very good. It's up there. Yeah. So that makes me um makes me a bit nervous um, uh, with that one. Yeah, that's I am that. And not only are you getting Portland to, in my opinion, like standings aside, have been cl- clearly the best team in the league so far this season, but they're also, they're not in first right now. So you're playing Portland with the chip on their shoulder as yeah, well. Hungry Portland. I feel like the results have not matched the quality. So they're, they're going to have something to prove. Yep. So yeah, I, I guess the storyline kind of going in that one is that can, can racing Louisville kind of keep up their momentum at home against a stronger opponent? I mean, it's going to get a test. This, this is like, yeah, things look ask. good against Chicago and this puts it to the real test. Yeah. Big ask there. So I'm kind of curious to see how that one transpires. So. Um, I, I guess a bright spot for racing moving forward that we haven't touched on yet is that the Olympics are coming up pretty soon. And I think that's going to play into Louisville's benefit because that we don't teams have like players. Portland and North Carolina are going to be losing some really important pieces yeah. to those Olympic squads. And in Louisville, I, I don't think, I think we'll have, we'll have the full squad. Yep. We'll have right? everybody. Yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'll definitely be sure. I mean, that's not going to help us for this, uh, this match. No, so but I do think, I do think coming up, yeah, it will help. It's good to see racing start to, to really click and get some things put together mm-hmm. right now, because I, I think if they can use that plus the Olympic break or to, I think they could get some some momentum going. Yeah, yeah, absolutely for sure. But yeah, this this is gonna be this is gonna be a test. <laughs> so, all right. Well, we've talked about the matches that have happened. We've talked about some of the matches that are coming up. How about we talk with Mr. Jonathan Gomez? How's that sound to you? Sounds good. Jonathan, thank you for joining us on our first uh, podcast episode. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you guys for having me on. Oh, I'm excited absolutely. to be a part of the first episode. Yeah, well, we went to start off with a bang, so why not bring in uh, one of uh, one of the star players? Um, it's been awesome. But before we dive into questions, I do want to ask you about your your latest goal celebration. Now that uh, that Erling Holland meditation celebration was that uh, was that premeditated or is that kind of spur of the moment? No, yeah, I had, I had thought of it before. I uh, I even told my sister because my sister was like, "Do you know a celebration you're gonna do if you score?" And I, I thought about it and I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this one because in my against Tulsa, I didn't really have a celebration. I just did like a jumping fist pump. So, um, so yeah, I, I wanted to have one ready. I, I love the confidence that you were, you were prepared to score another goal and ready to celebrate that. What I need you to do though, is I need you to get on the other guys and tell them to step up their game. Yeah. We got to step up the celebration game this season. Yeah. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to make gifs of all these fun celebrations and, and they've been okay, but nothing worthy worthy to clip up. So, so please harass some of the players for us. I'll tell them. I'll tell them. <laughs> Thank you for giving us a clip. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it was fun. Uh, so uh, I guess let's talk a little bit about how you got here to Louisville. So you you had a lot of options for where to go when you were leaving Dallas. So what was it about Louisville City that attracted you here? Yeah, I think um, you look at, I mean, in general, the club, the culture, but more specifically, um, I think the coaching staff, you know, Hack um, at the time had or has um, a lot of experience coaching kids my age, and he had coached multiple cycles at the U-17 uh, national team level, um, as well as, you know, Danny has has recent playing experience, and he's... Um, He's getting into his his coaching career, so I thought that that was a good fit for me. And I mean, I, we talked to the club, um, all all the owners, you know, Brad, everybody, um, and they were just extremely honest with us and extremely nice. And you know, they they're committed to this club. Obviously, look at 
where it's come from from day one to where it is now you know we just opened up the new tra training facility um they've made soccer in louisville big and i'm sure it's going to continue to grow so yeah those are just a few things that that steered me this way I was actually just about to ask you about that, the training complex. And I think the, the news came out today, shared off all the pictures of your guys' locker area, the weight room, uh, like the dining hall. Can you kind of tell us about your first impressions of that? Yeah, so I, I was able to see it about oh, maybe a week, a week and a half to two weeks ago, but it was still not finished. Like the carpet's worn down. So the first time I actually saw it was um, on Sunday. I went in to get some balls. And I went in and I was really impressed, like with the lockers and everything and to be able to see the gym, you know, it's just, it's really such a great facility because you, you look at the fact that racing is going to be in there. We're going to be in there. All the front office people are going to be in one area. And it's just like the family culture that this club has. And, you know, you're going to see everybody, you know, like um, whoever, Brad, James can come down and watch a training session in the morning. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's really awesome. Yeah. Well, speaking of training, your your on-field growth has been uh, been tremendous, but particularly between last season and this season, like it's it's super noticeable. You've grown by leaps and bounds. So, what do you attribute to this uh, rapid growth? Yeah, I think obviously the 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 obvious answer is that I'm an older player now, so I guess yeah. with age comes ex experience. But last season was, I guess we would all call it a weird season, impacted by COVID. Yeah. Um, and I think um, getting used to the group and the club, uh, I needed to kind of get acclimated to, to it. And that, that break um, definitely helped me, helped me do it due to COVID. Um, as well as last year, I wasn't, I wasn't able to do a full preseason with the, with the team. So this year we started February 1st and we had a long preseason. I was able to do the full preseason. And I think ultimately I was able to, to build good relationships with all with all the players and I mean that's that's really what it's about you know um, building chemistry with the team and who you're going to play with um, and I think that has led everybody but especially my confidence to be higher because of my performances in games as well as training. Awesome. Yeah. yeah I mean I think sometimes people don't fully appreciate the the chemistry aspect of things and and yeah. you know between your, your your just natural maturation and that uh, that time to link up with other individuals boy it's it's coming together. It's clicking. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think, I think also all the whole team is very supportive. You know, we all, we all push each other in training. Uh, some days, some days are pretty tough. Like today was, was a hard session and it was very hot out there. Yeah, I can't but, imagine playing in this weather. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's what makes this team what it is. And we, we get through it and push each other. Yeah, we uh we were talking about chemistry. I think this season something I've really enjoyed watching is um you and Niall out there on the wing this season. I feel like have have been a really really good combination. It's been fun to watch. What can you mention a little bit like what it's been like playing alongside like an experienced player like Niall uh, on the wing and have, growing that combination? Yeah, of course. So I think um, this year, like you said, I've been able to play with Niall more. Last year, I wasn't able to as much because, as you guys probably remember, Niall was out for most of the shortened season. Um, so I think it, it kind of goes back to the fact that I was able to build a strong relationship with him. And obviously, it's not just him. Um, you know, whoever I play with, Jimmy, Antoine, Ombi, whoever it is, you know, I think I have a strong relationship with. But since you guys are specifically asking about Niall, um, yeah, I think it's great. You know, not only he's a great guy, not only on the field, but in the locker room and all those guys, you know, they're always telling me um, what I can do better. Um, and yeah, I think it works. It works out well because we with with all those wingers, we um, we counter our movements. So when one goes inside, I'll take the outside or if the winger wants the outside, then I'll come inside. So we're not in the same line and, and crowding each other's space. And I think that that makes it hard to deal with um, for the opponent. So I think that's that's what helps us break um, break teams down. Yeah, I think that movement's been really effective this season. Yeah, Zach, we probably should take some notes from from their play for our old man league. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, shifting gears a little bit, um, you've had pretty exciting past what month or two. A lot of reasons uh, to, to be pretty happy, but one of which is that you got called up to train with the Mexican national team. Uh, 
I, I can't imagine what that felt like. You want to walk us through that? Because I don't think I'm getting my U.S. call up anytime soon. <laughs> so, yeah, so it was a Saturday morning um, between the Birmingham game and the San Diego game. We had a weekend off. Like we had, a, we had a week break. So we had Saturday off, and Danny called me. I don't know, it was like 10 a.m., and he was like, um, you want to grab coffee or, like, let's talk. Let's go grab some coffee. So he came. Um, and we met up for coffee and we were just talking and whatnot. And then he was like, yeah, the Mexican national team, like called you up to train. Like he showed me a letter and I read through it and I, and I reread it because at first, like, I didn't believe it. And yeah, I, I think like my initial reaction wasn't really all that. I think maybe it took a second for it like to click and sink and, in. Yeah. For, for it to sink in. Um, and yeah, I was just, really surprised but obviously excited as well for for that amazing opportunity and then uh, um, yeah I, I told my parents right after that's, that's yeah and, and not too long after that you got included on the the gold gold cup roster so can you tell us uh what are you expecting to come out of that experience yeah I mean I think it's it's great to get um to get recognized um for either good good performances um but obviously there's a reason and um there's reason to that so i have to continue to perform and and do well you know do my job on the field so yeah if i'm if i'm able to go then it's going to be a great experience but as of right now i'd like to just stay focused here on loose city obviously we're we're doing well we start off the season off well but i think we can do even better there's areas we can improve in. So, yeah. So cool. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about your future plans? If I'm not mistaken, you probably have a little interest in playing some, uh, some European f- uh, football in your future. Yeah. So I'm sure, I'm sure if you ask like any kid, they, they always talk about like, Oh, I want to play at the highest level, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's, if you ask me, I want to play at the highest level. So um, I think that, um, whenever, whenever that is, if it's this off season or after this season, um, yeah, I want to, I want to play at the highest level. And I think this has been a good, a, a good step for me, um, to gain, to gain minutes and, and experience with, like you said, um, a lot of experienced players who have, who have been in the league and been in MLS for, for a while now. So, yeah. Uh, now, if I'm not mistaken, you got a you got an older brother that's playing over in, in Porto. I'm sure. Have you? I mean, have you talked to him about your your game and your play and how it might stack up to some higher levels of competition, uh, whether it's domestic or abroad? Yeah, of course. Uh, we t- I talk to him every day, and yeah, he says in general um, the lifestyle as well as the play style over there is very different. You know, it varies from country to country. He's playing in Portugal. Um, but I'm sure like England, if you, like, if you just watch the Premier League, a little more physical, La Liga, each, each, uh, each league varies. Um, so yeah, he tell he tells me how it is in Portugal and, and what he likes and whatnot. Um, but yeah. Very cool. That's one of the fun things about soccer is because you have so many different domestic leagues around the world. You really do get to see a lot of different styles of soccer and a lot of flavors in the different places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now we'll get to kind of some more of, the, more of the fun questions. So is there a player in particular that you emulate your game after or just kind of look up to in general? Yeah, uh, there's 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 a few. I would say Rafael Guerrero plays for Portugal and Borussia Dortmund, um, as well as Alfonso Davies. Although, like, I like, to, I like to model my game after his, but obviously no one has speed like he does. Um, Not a bad person to model. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I would say those two for the most part. Uh, I know um, in the past, um, I, I looked up a lot to Marcelo. Obviously, he, he's a little bit older now. He's still a world-class player, but I think his career might be coming to an end. Mm-hmm. And uh, are, there any, are there any athletes outside of soccer that you really look up to? I would say um, that I admire – Tom Brady, LeBron James, kind of like in that same category as Cristiano Ronaldo, just for the fact that they've had such long careers, you know, started so young. Each of them, or both of them have different stories. You know, Tom Brady getting drafted 199th, I think it is. Um, And then 
his career as long as it's been. Same with LeBron James. So I think I just admire um, that from, from both of their careers. Now, um, as far as clubs and leagues um, that you follow, well, I mean, when you're, when you're turning on TV and, and watching soccer, who are you turning into or what league? So I'm a Chelsea fan. So, but other than that, so obviously my first option would be to tune into a Chelsea game. But I think regardless of that, I'd, I would tune in to a Premier League game. Um, I also watch La Liga every now and then. Um, and to be quite honest, I don't I don't watch too much of, of Serie A, but I will watch uh, some Bundesliga. That's fair. Yeah. So uh, I guess moving away from from soccer a little bit, what 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 does Jogo like to do off the pitch? Um. Yeah. So right now is actually a good time for that for that question because I'm not in school. <laughs> uh, there you go. Summer. Yeah. Exactly. It's summer. I finished my junior year back probably now like almost two months ago, like a month and a half ago. So yeah, I, I like to take naps, <laughs> take a nap, like after training. Um, I was going to say between, between Louisville city and school, probably not much time to do anything other than sleep. Exactly. Um, but um, yeah, I also like to, uh, I have a PS4, so I'll play FIFA or, or whatever. Um, with my brother, with a couple friends that I play with, um, or yeah, I'll, I'll just—I'm not really into watching uh, TV that much, but I'll look on my computer and whatever. Like I—I'm I, watching like all the basketball playoff games right now. Um, so, so yeah, that's what I spend my time doing. You got an NBA team you follow? So just because I'm from Dallas, I'm like a Mavericks fan. Oh, me too. Um, Big, big Luka Doncic, Doncic guy. Um, unfortunately, got knocked out. But yeah, I, I still follow the NBA regardless. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to watch. Um, so I mean, you've had kind of an an interesting life. You know, Zach and I both. I mean, we both went to school. I think we were talking about like what were we doing when we were seventeen? Wasn't professional soccer. Um, so is there anything that you feel like you've kind of missed out by um, on by starting your soccer career so early in life? Yeah, it's not it's not anything that I that I really regret because I look at where I'm at now and like all the sacrifices that I made were definitely worth it and whatever is in my future as well. But I think um, in general, being what you would call like a normal teenager, but to explain to explain that a little a little more, um, I moved away from like where my parents living with my parents at, when I was 13 um, to go live with my brother, um, like close to in Frisco where the FC Dallas Academy is and I think sacrificing a lot of that time with my parents is just um, it's invaluable it's very valuable time that you don't get back and in terms of like school uh, sometimes you know you have a game on Saturday you can't go out with your friends on Friday nights you can't go to the football games um, and just uh, some things that normal high schoolers would do but it's not anything that that I regret not doing. Yeah, I didn't. I knew. I mean, I knew you were. You lived in Texas, and you went to that academy there. But I guess it didn't realize to me that you actually moved away at that young of age. Like, there are eighteen-year-olds in college who can't handle living away from home. I guess I've seen at UK and stuff. It's crazy. So, I mean, props to you. So I guess uh, I guess we'll we'll wrap things up on like a, a lighter note. Um, what's a what's a fun fact that most people don't know about you? Um, this is about my nickname, Jogo. So uh, I'm, I'm guessing a lot of people think it's just from J-O from Jonathan and G-O from Gomez, which is kind of like a secondary meaning, but it actually came from my dad. Um, we used to have like this 3v3 soccer team ever since I was like probably seven or eight. And he would call it, uh, he would call it, the team name was Jogo Monito which is to play beautiful or um, the beautiful game. So he came from that. And then he would actually call me, my brother, and my sister that. He would all call us Jogo because also my my brother's name is Johan and my sister's name is Joanna. So it's all J-O-G-O. So it all went together and it just, it stuck, to, stuck with me really. So, and everybody started calling me it. And yeah, that's something that I'm guessing a lot of people don't know. That's fun. 
I did not know that. That makes that nickname that much cooler. Thank you for sharing that with us. That was a lot of fun. Of course. Cool. All right. Well, uh, Mr. Gomez, we won't keep you any longer. We do appreciate your time uh, for joining us. Uh, we wish you luck on the pitch, score a bunch more goals, have a lot of fun celebrations lined up. Make sure your peers do as well. Um, and yeah, we look forward to, to seeing you get back out there and, and hope you guys have a great season. Thank you. And um, I don't know who's going to watch this, but I just want to thank all the fans for, for all the support that you guys give us and uh, all, all the work and, and support that doesn't go unnoticed by, by the players. That's anyway. awesome. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. Well, that was a great conversation with Mr. Jonathan Gomez. Uh, that was a lot of fun hearing about the, uh, the Jogo nickname. But yeah, anyway, we got a lot more fun facts than I was expecting. I know, right? It was pretty great. So anyway, thank you guys for listening to the very first episode of the Vamos Marauders podcast. Um, I've been Benton Newman. You can follow me on the Twitter at PurpleSDF. And uh, I am Zach Allen Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Zach W. Allen. And make sure that you guys check out the state of Louisville.com. They're doing a lot of great stuff over there covering sports in general in Louisville. Also put in another shameless plug for my own website, vamosmarados.com, where I follow closely with, uh, with Louisville City. And that's about all we guys got, got for you guys today. Uh, hope you guys tune in to future episodes and catch you guys at the matches. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.